Today's scripture reading comes from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17, and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. But you must remain faithful to the things you've been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All scripture... All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. The word of God for the people of God. Today we continue our series called The Spiritual Life where we've been examining the questions that John Wesley used to help the early Methodists examine their lives to see if, in fact, they were living life in a way that would increase their holiness in the world. Last week, we heard from Pastor Clark Campbell Evans the story of Jonah, and we ended with some questions about whether we're grumbling and complaining all the time, or whether we're willing to share God's love with everyone, even people who we don't like, or if, in fact, we'd rather keep our faith and our community exclusive. Today, we're going to turn to a related question, but it's going to be asked in a more positive way. The question is, how has the Bible lived in me this week? Or put another way, am I being a light bearer for God? You know... It's very important for us to recognize that um, we have a purpose in coming to church on Sunday morning that goes beyond coming to church on Sunday morning. And when we're here, we're to be be prepared for the way we will behave when we go out into the world. And the scripture that Devin just read to you from 2 Timothy were Paul's reminders to Timothy about the things that mattered. He referred to the importance of studying Scripture and remembering the Scriptures he'd been taught from a child. He called the Scriptures inspired by God, and sometimes we interpret inspired to mean God-breathed. But we need to remember at the time Paul was talking about that, he didn't have a Bible like we do today, all put together with the canon, with the Old Testament and the New Testament, all in an orderly fashion. He was drawing from the ancient Jewish scriptures, but also from writings that were just emerging by the apostles and others who had seen Jesus in the flesh. So when we read scripture, it's important for us to remember that We are to study it carefully, not just scratch the surface. We have to be discerning when we interpret what it means. And we need to be extra careful not to do what's called proof texting, which means finding that one sole verse in the Bible that proves our point, especially when we do it to prove our political points. That's not how we're supposed to read our Bibles. At times, I can remember being chastised right here at St. Paul one time after the Jubilee because we had a little booth where children could get little water-soluble, you know, Mickey Mouses or stars on their cheeks, and someone came up to me wagging her finger saying, tattoos are not biblical. And I asked her, I said, well, 
do you have children? She said, yes. I said, are they still living? And she said, yes. And I said, did they ever disrespect you? And she said, yes. I said, then why didn't you stone them to death? That's what Leviticus teaches. So I'm not saying we should ignore everything in Leviticus. It, te- it gives us a prescription for living. But we need to be discerning when we read our Bible. And there's a beautiful thing about the Bible we have today with mass printing and printing presses. Some of us own Bibles with red letters. Those are the words that Jesus spoke. And I'm here to tell you, if you find places where the words that Jesus spoke in those red letters might seem to differ a little bit from what you read in Leviticus, I urge you, listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Jesus told us that himself. In John's Gospel, chapter 5, Jesus told us a little bit about reading Scripture and why we are to be careful about it. This is what he said. And he was speaking of his cousin, John the Baptist, when he began this piece of text. John was like a burning and shining lamp, and you were excited for a while about his message. But I have a greater witness than John, my teachings and my miracles. The Father gave me these works to accomplish, and they prove that he sent me. And the Father who sent me has testified about me himself. You have never heard his voice or seen him face to face, and you do not have his message in your hearts because you do not believe me, the one he sent to you. You search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me, yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. Jesus is telling us that we need to focus on the scriptures because the scriptures point to him. He tells us in this passage that his teaching and his example matters. He himself speaks to us in the Bible. And in his words in the Bible, he tells us how we can be a light in the darkness and how the Bible can live in us. Now, my, my favorite scripture to provide information about how we should live, how we can shine a light, the very scripture that calls us to be salt and light is found in the Sermon on the Mount. We very often think that the Sermon on the Mount was only the Beatitudes, but it's much more than that. It's, it's chapters 5 through 7 of Matthew's Gospel. And in part, Jesus tells us this. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. So what does our light look like? Does it look like an open house? You've all been to open houses. You arrive, people come and go as they wish. Usually the lights are blazing. You don't have to knock on the door. You walk right in. Is that the kind of community we've created here at St. Paul? We're to be generous with our lives, 
talked about that a couple weeks ago, especially in this context, generous in spirit as we love and forgive and nurture other people. We're to open up to others, and that's important because in this piece of Scripture, Jesus tells us when we open up to others and share our testimony, we invite others to open up to God because they follow our example and they think, well, if she can do it, I can do it too. Our testimonies lead other people to Christ. But other places on the Sermon on the Mount, including the Beatitudes, tell us what a holy and Christian character should be like. From the Beatitudes, we learn that we should be peacemakers rather than being divisive. We should be meek, which doesn't mean being timid. It means being kind, being generous of spirit rather than high and mighty. It tells us that we should be poor in spirit. Now, this doesn't mean that we should go around moping. What it means is we should recognize when we have spiritual failings and human failings, recognize that poverty of spirit, repent and turn to God and ask for help to do better. It tells us to be pure in heart. And I'm telling you, friends, I actually, I don't need to tell you, you know. It's hard to be pure at heart if we're following popular culture. We have to make some choices because popular culture will not always lead us to purity of heart. But Jesus says more. He tells us that murders more than killing someone with a weapon, a gun, or a knife, that we murder people when we're angry with them and we hurt them with our words. He defines adultery to include lusting after someone even if we don't act on it. He says we commit the act by the thoughts in our minds and our hearts. He tells us not to retaliate, not to boast about our generosity, to love our enemies, to store up our treasures in heaven rather than on earth. He tells us not to worry, not to judge others, not to treat what is holy as profane. He taught us in the Sermon on the Mount the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. He tells us that living the holy light means walking through the narrow gate and that it won't be easy because the road is wide, but the narrow gate is harder. But it's the narrow gate and the path through the narrow gate that leads us to eternal life. And he reminds us as well not to deceive ourselves into thinking that we're holier than thou or better than other people. He reminds us that we are deceiving ourselves if we think we're living a holy life, but we're not doing the will of God. You see, light-bearing involves a lot of things, but mostly it involves the state of our heart, the content of our character, and how we glorify God when we demonstrate that light, that character, the state of our hearts in a world that will sometimes make fun of us for being holy people. John Wesley wrote a whole set of sermons about the Sermon on the Mount. And this is what he said about this piece of text about being light bearers. He reminds us first that our religion, our faith is social. That doesn't mean we party constantly in our faith. He's not talking about that kind of social. But he says, we can't practice our faith in isolation. 
Our faith is shared with others. We need to live out our faith in community. What good does a light do if there's no one there to see it? What good does our testimony do if we keep it in our mouths and don't share it with others? John Wesley reminds us that you can't hide light, that light by its very nature shines, and so should light bearers. When we are light bearers for Christ, we are to tell people about Jesus through our actions as well as our words, and we're to do it joyfully, willingly, and unapologetically. That's what it means to be a light bearer. I'm so happy to be part of a church that cares about bearing light in the community. We do that in lots of ways, and I'm going to highlight some of them for you right now. And if I leave out your favorite ministry, please don't be offended. There's not time today to cover them all. But I'm going to highlight a few, and one of those light-bearing ministries is our prayer shawl ministry. Prayer Shell Ministry is celebrating its 15th anniversary. They have distributed more than 2,100 prayer shawls to people in need of a reminder that they were loved. The people in that ministry recognized that there was a need, that there were people who are lonely or grief-stricken or sick, and that Jesus comforted the sick and the lonely and the isolated. Using a practical skill, knitting, the people in the prayer shawl ministry combined that with the spiritual gifts for prayer and for compassion. And they ended up creating an item that was filled with the spirit and love of Christ. Same thing happens at Open Arms. The people in the ministry recognized a need. We live in a community where thousands of people, it's unimaginable, but thousands of people are hungry every day. And that Jesus fed the hungry. Folks in Open Arms use practical skills like truck driving and organizing groceries and keeping records. And they combine that with the spiritual gifts of help and compassion and prayer to do what Jesus did, feed the hungry. Our Loving Hearts Ministry provides refreshments after memorial services. They recognize that people who are grieving, who have just experienced a funeral service, need a little time to have fellowship, to visit, to share stories about the departed, and so they used a practical skill of cooking and combine that with the spiritual gift of hospitality to create a safe and sacred space for people to have fellowship when they're mourning. Our student mission trips, our toy making, our jumpstart ministry, our smile maker ministry reach people who need some light from the people in the church. And I'm proud to be part of a church that does all those things. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, oh, Pam is making us feel good about St. Paul this morning. And that's fine. I want you to feel good about your church. It's a place that's supposed to equip you and make you feel full and ready to go into the world. Yay, we are light bearers. But by being proud of your church. I don't mean 
be satisfied that we're doing enough. I don't mean be prideful. I don't mean be complacent. I don't mean for you to walk away today saying, boy, we're doing all that. I don't need to do anymore. That's not what I'm talking about today. We can and we should do more until we live in a community where there's no more poverty, where there's no more divisiveness, where there's no more people being pushed to the margins, where there's no more violence. Because until those things go away, we aren't going to be living in a community that can be described as God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. See, here's the hard part, though. This is the really tough part about this message. You may come to church one day a week, two days a week. Some of you who volunteer are three days a week or you have choir practice. Some of you a little bit more. But most of us are here one or two days a week. What are we doing the other five or six days a week when we're not necessarily surrounded by Christian community? What kind of light are we shining when we're at home with our families, our children, our parents, our aunts, our uncles? What are we doing when we're at work with our coworkers, our bosses, or the people who work for us, or our customers? What are we doing when we're at school with other students and teachers, or out in our communities, or neighborhoods, or at our clubs, or at our political gatherings, or at the grocery store, or at the gas station? Just where do you think real light-bearing makes more of a difference? I suggest to you, it's those other five or six days of the year, or the, of the week, that make a difference in the world. Light-bearing is a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week, 52-week-a-year job. And we have to have guts and grace and faith to go out there and share light in a world when we're not surrounded by other light bearers. It takes courage and determination to shine light into the world's shadowy and darkest places when it's only Christ in us and us alone, me alone, you alone. Paul described a people who would be light bearers when he wrote to the church, when he wrote to the Colossians, there's a beautiful passage in Colossians chapter 3 that describes what matters and how we should live together. And this is what Paul said. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all else, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. Clothe yourself in love and let Christ's peace Rule in your hearts. Once we learn to be this way with each other, and we aren't always this way with each other, if you haven't noticed, then it's time for us to be this way 
in the world. Not in a way that's timid, but in a way that's bold and brave. We shine the light in the community. We let our holy selves be seen in the community, not for position or power or status. We do it for Jesus. Being a light bearer, letting the Bible live in us, is for people. Is for people who want to be authentic witnesses to Jesus Christ. Authenticity is one of our values as a church. I want to be authentic. I want to follow Jesus' example. And light bearing is all about authentic, authenticity. It's for people who want to look at the mirror in the mirror at the end of the day and ask the question, did the Bible live in me today? Was I a light bearer for Christ? And be able to say yes. And my prayer for us today is that the day will come where at the end of every single day, every one of us in this room will be able to look in the mirror at night and smile, ask the question, did I bear light for Christ today? Well, yes, indeed I did. And to God be the glory. Let's pray. God, we wake up every morning wanting to be light bearers. We want the Bible to live in us. We want other people to see the reason in our act, through our actions why we love you so much. So God, today, if, if we're a little shy about that, Help us be less shy. If our, if our light flickers once in a while, give us fresh batteries. If we forget that the scripture is supposed to live in us, remind us, nudge us, convict us so that each and every day your light will shine brighter and brighter in the world as we go out into the world, carrying the torch for you, knowing that Jesus said that his light will never, ever be overcome by darkness. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.